All right, there you go, Miss Joanna. There it is. All right, thank you, Miss Kathy. Praise God. So anyway, we praise the Lord for you being here, and God is good to us. And as I said, Brother Dale not able to be here this morning, uh, but First Kings chapter seventeen, verse uh, chapter seventeen, of course, talks about Elijah. And uh, boy, I tell you what, you want an example of a, a man of the word? You can read uh, the book of. First uh, Kings chapter 17, 18, and then you get to chapter 19, you find out that uh, even great people of the word and great people of faith uh, do have their down days, all right? Well, look, if you will, in verse 24, it says, And the woman said to Elijah, by, Now by this I know that thou art a man of God, and that the word of the Lord in thy mouth is truth. We're talking about this year walking uh, in truth, and uh, we're going to try to give you some examples of walking in truth. But the fact of it is, is that the Word of God, uh, whether we walk in it or whether we don't, whether we believe it or whether we uh, try to live by it, the, the point of it is, is that the Word of God is still the Word of God. Amen. And uh, boy, I tell you what, uh, just yesterday, putting those scriptures together and uh, just what a blessing it is to just be able to have a part of it. And so, and of course, we want to uh, thank Brother uh, Dan Stroop and Brother Dan Hummel and uh, Matt Miller for uh, helping all that yesterday. And we praise the Lord for that. And we're anticipating today that uh, the scriptures are going to stir your heart as they're taught and as they're preached this morning. But how in the world can I know that the word of God is true? How can I know it? Well, if we were to look back, and I'm not going to take time to look back this morning, but if you look, you find out here that in chapter, in chapter 17, verse 1, Elijah walks on the scene and says, I, I want you to know, Ahab, it's not going to rain until I say it's going to rain. And, of course, in verse 1 it says, this was done according to his word, to the word or to my word. And it wasn't... Elijah's prophecy, it was God's prophecy. Elijah was just the messenger. And so if you stop and think about it, uh, all of us are going to tell somebody something. And uh, here Elijah says, I want you to know something, that God has told me that it's not going to rain for three and a half years, so you better get ready for it. It's not even going to be due on the ground for three and a half years. And then, of course, God tells Elijah, you know, uh, Elijah, here's what I want you to do. I, I want you to go, you know, to the book of, uh, brook of Shereth, and uh, there I'm going to, you know, uh, have a raven feed you. And you know, and I know that any good Jew would not uh, want to get close to a raven, must let it eat what he drops on the ground for you. But Elijah said, that, and he's proving a point here. I'm going to do the will of God. I'm going to live by the word of God. And so when you live by the word of God, what does it take? Well, I believe it takes, uh, first of all, you've got to hear the word of God. Now, a lot of people hear the word of God, but do they hear it with the intent of being obedient to it? See, there's, there's a seeker, the key to, to having a, a life that is uh, walking in the word and living by the word and loving the word is 
that when I hear the word of God and God tells me this is what I want you to do, then you do it with the intent of what? Being obedient to it. Why? Because in being obedient to the word of God, I'm going to accomplish the will of God for my life. A lot of people would love to do the will of God, but yet when God begins to speak to them from the word, uh, you know what they do? They say, well, I don't, I, don't, I don't know about all that. Now, you know, that's a little demanding. Well, you go to work every day, right? And uh, you got a, a boss, whether you like him or not, and he demands certain things of you. Amen. Right, Brother Dan? You got a boss, he demands certain things of you every day, don't you? Amen. I just like, I'll throw that in there. But when you, you hear the word, you be obedient to the word, and you do the word of God. But yet then you look, if you will, look down in verse 16, what he says here. He says, and the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil.
preacher. I told him, I said, I'll do the memory verse. I'm glad he did it. <laughs> Y'all are glad he did it. Let's just put it that way. What a chapter of faith, though. Good night. Have you ever thought about how many meals that is? She didn't have enough for a cake. All she had was a handful of meal. And in three and a half years, I've added that up, and I've got it written here. It's 3,200 meals. 3,200 meals, day after day. And you know, the second trial was even much worse than the first one. Much worse. But uh, what a study chapter 17. Uh, let the Lord build your faith with it. Uh, thank you, preacher. That was great. Uh, we got some prayer requests this morning. I have one here from Miss Stephanie. Uh, it's about Chloe. And uh, if all goes well today, uh, tomorrow she will ring the bell for the end of her treatment. And, uh, just praise the Lord. She's been healthy enough. God kept her healthy enough to do these uh, chemo treatments, you know, and they were really aggressive treatments. I mean, really aggressive. And I thank God for that. And just continue to be praying for Chloe, uh, Rochester, and uh, the family there, and be praying for all of them. Uh, any other prayer requests on this side this morning? Anybody got any special, uh, Diane? Dan's is the day after. We'll be praying for two of our men this week. Uh, Brother Arnold will be having surgery on Wednesday. And uh, then Brother Dan will be also be having surgery on Thursday. And, uh, be praying for Diane. She waits on Arnold. <laughs> Just be praying for her. Uh, we often forget the other part, you know. It's a lot there. Be praying for Miss D. Uh, she's got this old respiratory stuff again. Struggling with that and unable to be here today. We need to be praying for her. Uh, anybody else over here this morning? Anybody got any requests? Anybody on this side this morning? Frankie? Unspoken requests? Uh, anyone else? Kathy? Amen. Amen. Thank God for being able to be a part of that. Uh, should never get old to us. Should never. Anyone else? Uh, Paula? Unspoken request? Brother? Okay. Let's be praying for this gentleman that's in an automobile accident. He's over at the university and not doing well. We need to be praying for him. <clears throat> Anyone else have any special requests? Uh, Kathy? <laughs> Donna? Right. Just continue to be praying for Donna. We'll also be other folks. Praying for the sextons there, and the school and the ministry there, the church uh, there. Just be praying for them. Other ones we know that have lost loved ones. 
difficult time. Let's be praying for them. Anybody else? Anybody else? Stephanie? Be praying for the Nicely family. Uh, lost everything that they owned in a house fire. So we'll be praying for this family. Anyone else before we pray? Where are they at, though, Lane? Uh, I knew they was in states, but I'm not sure which one they're at. Be praying for Brother Scott Crabtree, missionary that we support here in the States, is in the hospital. We need to be praying for him. Anyone else? All right, if no other prayer requests, you pray as I pray. Let's ask God to bless. Father, I thank you for this day. Lord, it's another great day. Lord, a day that you've given each of us life. Lord, and with that life, you've given us opportunity. Father, to come to the house of God, Lord, to sit under the truth of your word. And Father, I thank you for what I've already heard this morning. Lord, the importance of the truth of the word of God. And Father, I thank you that it is all truth. Lord, I thank you that it is all inspired. Father, I thank you that it's eternal. Lord, I thank you Father, that I'm able to hold it, that I have it. Father, I thank you for the sweet spirit of God that lives within each believer here this morning. And Father, gives us light, gives us wisdom, Father, of how we need to live our life, the disciple that we need to be. Lord, that gives us wisdom of the word of God. And Father, I just thank you for this church, Lord, for your ministry here, Father, the lighthouse that it's been, Father, the help that it's been in my life. And Father, I thank you for my pastor. Father, I pray your blessings upon him. Lord, continue to use him. Father, continue to give him that zeal and that burn within, Lord, just to move forward, just to continue, Lord, to uh, for the cause of Christ. Father, help he and Robin both physically will meet their every need. Father, I thank you for Brother Lane and Miss Erica this morning. Lord, the help and all that he does here. Father, I pray that you'll bless him. Lord, I, I thank you for what we was able to do yesterday. Lord, just to be able to be a part of putting the book of Romans together, to go to a place there in Sierra Leone, Africa, Father, to a place where the gospel is needed as well as is needed here. And Father, I pray that, Lord, you will take it. Lord, uh, you will bless these missionaries that uh, distribute it. Lord, bless them. Father, uh, build the ministries. Father, save souls through what's been done. We give you the glory for it. Father, I do pray for the beacon of truth and, Lord, the ministry that you've given Brother Dan. Lord, the help that Brother Dan and the others are that help. Father, continue to supply the needs. 
bring in the finances that's needed, Lord, for paper and for ink and for distribution. Father, that the Word of God can be reached around the world. Father, I think of Miss D this morning, and Father, I pray for her physically. Lord, that you'll just help her today, and Father, uh, to get rid of this virus and to uh, get back on her feet. Father, this morning I think of Chloe Rochester. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you've kept her healthy enough to take all these treatments and that tomorrow will end them. Father, I pray that they've done what they needed to do, Lord, with this cancer. Father, I pray that you'll just raise her little body up. Be with the family. Lord, just again, we give you the glory for all that is done. Father, I I think of Brother Ron Bixler this morning, the battle that he's facing. Lord, and I ask that you just take this infection out of his leg. Father, I pray that as he has this surgery on Thursday, that this bypass surgery, Lord, to restore blood flow into that leg. Father, I pray that it'll be a success. Lord, be with the doctors and guide them, give them wisdom. Father, I think of Brother Arnold's. He'll be having surgery on Wednesday. Father, I pray that you'll guide the doctor's hands. Lord, may it be a success. Father, just help him as he recovers. Be with Brother Dan as he has his surgery on Thursday. Father, I pray the same. Lord, that the surgery will be a success and uh, they'll just meet every need there. Father, all these folks that have had unspoken requests, Lord, you know the need. You know the circumstances surrounding the need. And Father, I pray that you'll just prove yourself mighty in each and every situation. Father, for those that have lost loved ones, Lord, we pray for them. Father, as their hearts are broken, Lord, as they grieve, Father, help them to draw close to you that you can give them that peace that passeth all understanding. Father, we think of Brother's request for this gentleman that is in the automobile accident and he's in the university. Father, I just pray, Lord, that uh, you help him to recover, there be with each uh, that situation. Father, for Brother Lane's request for our missionary here in the States, Lord, that's in the hospital, we pray for him. Father, that you'll just, uh, whatever that need is, Lord, not sure what all's going on, but Father, I'm so glad that you do. And Lord, we leave it in your hands and ask that you work. Now, Father, this morning, I need your help, Lord. I want to be a blessing. Lord, I, I want to be truthful from the word of God. Help me not to say anything that would be wrong or anything of my own. Lord, lead me, guide me, teach through me. And Father, be with Brother Dan today as he brings a message. Father, I pray that you'll preach through him. Lord, give him that freedom and that liberty that's needed. Lord, bind Satan. Lord, there's a battle going on here. I know that. Father, between righteousness and evil. Father, I'm so glad that we've been given victory. Lord, uh, help each of us to live a victorious life. Bless and meet each need. Bless every Sunday school teacher downstairs teaching. Lord, each one needs your help. Father, may today be a day that we can look back on and say that day was the day that God changed my life. Either he saved me or he brought me back into fellowship with him. 
Lord, we give you the praise for it all, for it's in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Take your Bible again. Go back to the book of Romans, chapter 7. Hopefully we'll finish chapter 7 today. This is the third week we've been looking at it. Apostle Paul, teaching to the church there at Rome. And when you get to chapter 7 and verses 14 through 25, uh, I've been reading this portion all week and thinking on it. And you know, if there's one thing I can say, this is one portion of Scripture that I can identify with. I can identify with this portion. Uh, it's probably the easiest passage in the Bible for me to identify with. And we'll all see that. As you read these verses 14 through the end of the chapter, really Paul's describing the life of a believer, the struggle, the participants in a battle, you know, the good and the evil. And you know, whether this is Paul speaking of his own life, I've read some stuff this week and some believe it is, it's personal to Paul. But we've already looked at the law and the spiritual man, how that the spiritual man is delivered from the law. Last week we looked at the law and the natural man, how that the law is the doom of the natural man. You know, the law requires one thing, death. That's what the law requires, condemnation. The law never rewards. Don't forget that. Anybody that's telling you, well, I'm going by works, whatever, the law has never rewarded. No law. You know, when you go down the road here and a policeman pulls you over and says, I just want to reward you for doing the speed limit, that doesn't happen. Now, you go over that speed limit, and he may pull you over, but it's not for reward. It's for judgment. It's condemnation. That's what the law does. This week, Paul is talking about the law and the carnal man. When I, when I think of the Apostle Paul and I read his, who he was from the Word of God, you know, it's not so much that Paul was fleshly or carnal as we think of it. I think it was that the closer that Paul got to the Lord Jesus Christ and he saw God for who he was and himself for who he truly was, he seen his own self as being carnal, fleshly. When you look at, we'll read verses 14 through 25. Verse 14, he says, for we know that the law is spiritual. But I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do I allow not. For what I would, that I that do I not. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that is that it is it is good. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, 
dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would that I for the good that I would I do not, but the evil which I would not that I do. Now if I do not that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. Listen, that should be for every one of us. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God. But with the flesh, the law of sin. Paul has already talked about the issue and the problem with the law and man. Now the issue isn't with the law. The law is good. The law is holy. The law is righteous. Listen, who who ordained the law? Who brought the law into being? It was God. God never brings nothing evil in. We know that the problem isn't with the law. The problem is with man. It's with us and our sinfulness. When you get to verse 14, Paul begins by stating some facts. Two facts in verse 14. Look at verse 14 here. He says, For we know what? That the law is spiritual. Paul said the problem's not with the law. The problem's with man. The problem between the law and man, the problem with it is is man, not the law. It's not the law at all. The law was originated with God. originated with Him. He says we know that the law is spiritual. That's a fact. The law is spiritual. He goes on here in verse 14. The second part here, he says, But I am carnal, sold under sin. Not only is the law spiritual, Paul says the flesh is sinful. The flesh is sinful. Paul says, I'm carnal. I'm carnal. That means fleshly. I'm fleshly. While the law teaches us how to live godly, how to, how to have the right thoughts, how to act the right way, how to have the right motives, the law teaches all of those things. You know what the flesh teaches? Everything that's wicked, everything that's sinful, everything that's evil. You know, even though we have, if you're a child of God this morning, you have a new nature. Within your body now, there are two natures. 
You were born with an old Adamic nature. You were born with that nature. That nature that is an evil nature. But the moment you accept Christ, you're given a new nature. A godly nature. A nature that can't sin. It's been redeemed. Listen, within my body this morning, there's a war. There is a war going on. Within your body this morning, there is a battle between the flesh, which is sinful, and that new nature, which is spiritual. There's that battle going on in all of our lives this morning. Listen, if you can't identify with that, talk to me. I want to talk to you. We all identify with that, every one of us this morning. We all identify with it. Paul even goes on there in verse 14 to say that he's sold under sin. Listen, my flesh is as wicked as it ever was. It is as wicked, as wrong, as evil, as worldly as it ever was. And the flesh... All it wants to do is to rule. That's where the war comes from. The flesh wants to rule. But thank God, I don't have to yield the right of way to it. I don't have to let it reign in my members, in my body, as we've already looked at in chapter 6. It doesn't have to rule. We've been given victory. We are to put it to death. You know, when Christ died on the cross, we died with Him. We were in Him. When you became a child of God, you were in Christ. And as He was resurrected, we were resurrected with Him. And and resurrected to do what? To walk in newness of life. Not the old life. Not the old way. Not the fleshly way. But don't ever be misled and don't ever... uh, Get to the point to where you're not guarding against the flesh. It is always there. Ready to rear its ugly head. You're going to see that in these verses. How sinful the flesh is. My flesh is as evil as it ever was. In verses 15 and 16. Paul begins to describe this battle, this struggle. He says in verse 15, he says, For that which I do I allow not, or I know not. That word allow means no. He said, For that which I do I allow or know not. For what I would, that that do I not. But what I hate, That I do. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. There's a struggle, as I've already said, going on within each of us this morning. Every one of us. We want to live right. I want to live right. I want to talk right. I want to act right. I want to think right. I want my motives to be right. But as I'm walking along and doing this and wanting this and yearning for this, often, often, what do I do? I fall. 
and I come up short. Paul says, I know not. I didn't even know that was coming. I didn't know that response was coming out of here. How many times? I didn't know that thought was coming. I didn't know that action was coming. Look at my motive. You see, there's a war. Paul wants us to understand that there's a war. Listen, that is never going to end. Not until the day that I either die or the Lord returns. There's no such a thing as eradicating the flesh. That's not true. I have victory over the flesh. God's given us victory if we will walk in the Spirit. But listen, that doesn't mean that it's automatic. That doesn't mean that it just it's a day by day. I die daily. I die daily. It's a moment by moment thing that we fight. Listen, thank God that what bothers me here is not going to bother me there. It's not coming. Listen, I'm going to leave this flesh behind one day. You are too. We've, we've already been delivered from the penalty of sin. Listen, I've been delivered from that. If you're a child of God, you've been delivered from that. Not only from the penalty of sin, but I have been delivered from the power of sin. It doesn't have to rule and reign in my body. I don't have to give in to it, but we do. There's a battle. You see, there's a battle going on, and, and who am I going to allow to win the battle? We've been delivered from the penalty and the power. One day, thank God, we're going to be delivered from the presence of it. It's not going to be there. But for right now, it's a battle. It's a struggle that we deal with every day. And if we're going to live a carnal life, what we're doing is allowing that sin to rule and reign in our life. We allow it to put us right back under bondage. Paul's not making excuses for sin here. That's not it at all. And you'll see as you go on, he's not making an excuse for sin. Paul's not saying, forget it, this battle's not worth it. If it feels good, I'm going to do it. That's not what Paul's saying. But you know, that is an attitude that a lot of Christians take today. They just give in and say, it's not worth it. There is a battle. There's participants, two of them. The flesh and the spirit. And we can all identify with it this morning. It's a part of us. Part of me wants to please God. Wholeheartedly. But there's a part that hates anything to do with God. If we're honest this morning, who's winning the victory? Who's winning? If we examine ourselves this morning, who's winning the battle? Verse 18. We'll come back to verse 17 in a moment. Verse 18 and 19. Paul says, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth, a few good things. Uh, it's no good thing. Right. 
nothing. Nothing. In my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. The battle and the struggle is between two natures. That old Adamic nature and that new nature. That struggle that we have, and each of us have it. Listen, is Brother Dan exempt from it? No, he's not. Is the pastor exempt from it? No, he's not. Brother Lane exempt from it? No, he's not. It's a struggle, and it's something that we must guard against every day. Every day. You know, it's the old Tony who still longs for worldly things, evil things, wicked things. You say, do you long for that? The old Tony does. See, the new Tony doesn't long for that. And that creates a battle within. There's a battle always within. Verses 17 and 20, the conclusion. Paul says, Now then, it is no more I that do it, but flesh, but sin that dwelleth in me. Look at verse 20. Now if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Paul makes a a conclusion here. Our problem is our old nature. You know, Paul's not making an excuse here. He's not making an excuse at all for his sin. He's just saying that's that old nature. That's the conclusion he comes to here. Verse 21, Paul sees a finding here. He says in verse 21, I find then a law that when I would do good, Evil is present with me. Listen, it's always there. The temptation to do wrong, it's always there. While we're walking along with the Lord, living a, a good life, a discipled life, a life following after the Lord Jesus Christ, loving like He loves, living like He lived, that evil is still present. That old evil is still tempting us not to. Trying to get us not to. Their actions, their thoughts, their motives. Every good thing is challenged. Every good thing is challenged by that old nature. Look at Paul's desire in verse 22 in his delight. He says, For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, or that new man. Paul says, I delight his desire. That should be true of every one of us. We should love the Word of God. You should love the Word of God this morning. You see, the flesh hates the Word of God, everything to do with it. But that new nature in you, there should be a love for the Word of God. If there isn't, Something's drastically wrong. 
Something is drastically wrong. If there's not a love within you this morning, if everything you read about the Word of God, I hate that part of it, I hate doing that. Listen, something is wrong. You just, you don't, you're not having but one nature. You don't have that new nature that loves the things of God. We all should, that all should be our desire. We should be praising the Lord every day. That should be part of your praise to God. Lord, thank you for this. Without it, can you imagine where your life would be? Without the Word of God, we are all hopeless. We're on a path that leads to one place. All of humanity will be headed to hell. But thank God the Word of God cleanses cleanses. Praise God for it. Thank God for it. Verse 23 talks about captivity. Paul says, I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind. Talking about that, 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 law, that spiritual law, that spiritual part of me, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is my members. Paul's heart is set on doing the will of God, living the way of God. There's another part of him that fights every step of the way. You see, this is so easy to identify with. All of this is easy to identify with. And you keep talking about it and keep talking about it and saying, well, it must not be any use. Sure, there's a use in fighting. We have... Through the Holy Spirit, you see, we have the power to fight. Amen. I can't fight it in my flesh, on my own. I can't resist all of those old evil desires and the worldly desires and those appetites of the world. You can't, you can't win those battles on your own. But we don't fight them on our own. Right. We've been given the power. You see, the Holy Spirit lives within me. Right. He indwells me. He gives me the power to resist, to walk away, to talk right, to act right, to listen right, to, to see right, to all of it. We've been given victory. You know, as you read this, it's not that Paul's saying, I, I, I have no victory, I have no victory. You know what, Paul, when I read it and keep reading it, the thing that Paul is desiring most is to get out of it. It's just to be delivered from the battle. He can't wait till the day that he sees his Lord. The old fight, that fight is gone, it's done. He says in verse 24, O wretched man that I am. You see, because these two, I was reading that in Paul's day, one of, the, if one of the cruel punishments of Paul's day was if you murdered a man, they would often bind you hand to hand, face to face, the murderer with the murdered man, and take you out into the Mediterranean desert and leave you. 
and you would weld, death would become you, that dead corpse attached to you. You see, Paul sees himself as, a, as wretched. I'm wretched. Now, if Paul seen himself as wretched, how do you see yourself? How do I see myself? He says, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Who's going to deliver me? It's not that he doesn't know who. He wants you to stop and think a minute. Who's going to deliver you? Because he gives the answer in the very last verse. The answer is in the last verse. He says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. There's the deliverer. Not only does he deliver me from my sins and salvation, he delivers me. You see, it's not just about redemption. It's about sanctification that follows. Redemption is just the beginning of it. How can I live a sanctified life? Not on my own. You can't live it through yourself. You have to have the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one that delivers you and helps you live that sanctified life, that set-apart life. Paul's yearning for that day. That day that is coming coming for me, it's coming for you. It came for Paul. His is already coming. His has come. But that day when I'm with the Lord Jesus Christ, there is no more flesh. All the things that we battle with here, we've been completely delivered from them. But don't don't think for a moment that because we battle with this every day, you can't have victory from it. There is victory. You know, Jesus told the disciples there in the garden, you remember what he said, he, what did he say? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We've been delivered, we've been given victory. It's about who we feed. Who am I going to feed? And if I don't get in this daily, if I don't talk to the Lord daily, if I don't come to the house of God on the opportunities I have, listen, you're not going to live a victorious life. The flesh will win because you don't have the strength. We get it from here. We get it from being faithful to God. The strength will come. We can oppose the temptations. God delivers. 